Several years ago, uh, on Know Your Bible, we received a question about work. And the question was, is it all right for a Christian to work on Sunday? Which you might think would be an easy answer, but uh, the question was asked to three ministers who work every Sunday. (laughs) It is interesting. And when you think about the subject of work, and when you think about the value and the importance of it that God has put in our lives. And so today, on Labor Day weekend, we're going to spend a little time talking about work and why it matters. Because it does matter. If you look at the earliest account of Genesis, Genesis uh, chapter 2, in the creation account... Genesis chapter 2, page 2 in the Pew Bible, if you're following along. The Bible begins talking about work. And this is because God created you and I to work. Now, that's not our primary role, okay? Our primary role as His creation is to glorify Him in all we do. But one of the things that He's given to us as a way to glorify Him is in our work. God created us to work. Genesis chapter 2, if you're there, verse 15 is where we are. And this account, uh, this verse in the creation account says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now you think about this for just a second. If you, Maybe you've just passed by over that in, in, in a rush and going through your daily Bible reading, or maybe you've never paid attention to it before, but think about this. The world was in utopian form. It was the first and only time that the created world would ever be perfect because it was God made. And in that perfect world where it was as perfect as it ever would be, God had work for Adam to do. If you if you want to think of it like this, the first job that was crea- ever created was a gardener, okay? The second job was was fruit taster. God created a perfect world, and as a part of that perfect world, he gave man work to do, which tells us that our work is more than a paycheck. Now, I don't know if you're going to work tomorrow or Tuesday, But when you work, let me ask you, do you work for a paycheck or do you work for a purpose? You see, work is designed to help you draw out something deeper than a paycheck. It's designed to help you fulfill your purpose. Maybe you've never thought about it like that. Maybe you thought, well, it's just something I do. It just pays the bills. It provides for my family. It's... It's something I've been trained to do. It's something, it's something I've been doing a long time. It, you know, it may be all of those things, but primarily our work is to glorify Him and to give us purpose. And it's, it's important that we understand that God created you and I to work. So whether you're going into work, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a retiree, even if you're a student, You need to understand that God wired you to work. I have a a good friend of mine. We've been friends a long time. And 
she's in the process of kind of looking for a different a, a, a change in her job. So she listed me as a referral, and, and earlier this week I got a call from someone who was thinking about offering her the job. And I had high praises to, to, you know, to say and, and I, all my experience going back with her and all of my positives that I could think of to ensure that she got the job. The person asking asked a very pointed question, and I thought it was interesting. The person asking for the referral said, the, the person that, was on the, that I was on the phone with said, Does she have a good work ethic? Because I can't find anyone, even people who apply, who want to work. They feel like they're entitled. They feel like they're owed. They feel like they, they want to just jump to the top of the... And they don't have the work ethic. I said, oh, this will be, this will be no problem. This will be no problem. This young lady was raised in a hardworking family. She's been working hard since she was two or three years old. I mean, her family just instilled that work ethic. And if, you're, if you've been working most of your life and your parents instilled that work ethic within you, you need to thank them and you need to thank God that you have parents who care about you that much. Work ethic is a valuable thing and, and these days apparently it's a rarer and rarer commodity. I have another uh, good friend. He's a hard-working guy. Uh, he's been working all of his life. But recently, his workplace became really, really toxic. And so he also decided to make a change in his place of work. And he found a different job, which was a much better job. And the culture was much better. And his boss feared the Lord. And so it, in every way, it was better, except... They couldn't quite give him the hours that he needed. They just didn't have quite have enough work for him to do. So I asked him, I said, what are you going to do about that? He said, well, I'll, he said, the, the culture there is so much better. I'll take work on the side to make up what I can't make. I'd rather work in that culture and that environment. And maybe, who knows, the Lord will bless me with more hours. I said, that's a good attitude to have. I know that he will. Well, a few weeks ago, he sent me a text of this picture along with this saying. And this is uh, his side job. He's doing some welding. He's an excellent first-class welder. By the way, if you need some welding done, come talk to me. I can give you his name and number. But he sent me this picture, and the caption says, Thank you, Lord, for the work. Do you ever thank the Lord for your work? Are you grateful for the opportunity to glorify Him in the work that you do? Do you thank God each and every day that you go into work, that you have a job to go to? That Do, do you thank your boss for hiring you? You say, oh, preacher, you went from preaching to meddling. You don't know where I work, preacher. It's not a cush job like you. It's not just one day a week. I, I don't get to work with just all Christians in a nice cushy church office. That's not my work. My work is hard. You don't, if you had to work for the boss I had to work for, you would not preach a sermon about thanking God for work. 
I understand that. I've had hard jobs too. And I still think you should be grateful for work. Because James says that we should be grateful for every trial that we face. Every hardship. It does. It matures us. It, it makes us be better workers. It makes us appreciate uh, maybe that time when we get to be a boss. Maybe we'll be a better boss ourselves. So I hope you still thank God. And I hope you still thank your boss for your work. I, I know some of you have your uh, notes out. I would like to encourage you, all of you, to do that because most of the time when I'm preaching, this is blank. But I'd like to encourage you to write something on this. I mean, you can take notes of the rest of the sermon, but I'd like you to, to challenge you to do this. I'd like you to write five words somewhere on that, on that blank piece of paper, and the five words are this. I love my work because, dot, 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 I love my work because, you say, well, preacher, if you had to work for the, oh, by the way, does your, does your boss, do you work there out of benevolent reasons? Do they pay you every couple of weeks? Oh, they, they give you a paycheck? Well, you may be right because they pay me. I love my work because, and do they give you benefits? Do they pay for your health insurance or life insurance or dental insurance? You should write those things down. I love my work because. Do you love the people that you work with? Say, so, there's somebody who doesn't love their work. You should be able to think about, the more that you think about all of the reasons that you love your work, whatever kind of work it is. That's important. Now, if you say, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't love my work. <clears throat> okay. Then why are you accepting payment from the place where you're working? It is immoral, in my view, to accept payment or go to an office that you hate and, and, and just go around all day, all week, and just stir up why you hate this company and why they haven't done enough for you and why you didn't get what you owed, what you were owed. Christians shouldn't be that way. Christians should be grateful, should be thankful for the work that they have. And if you're not, here's the good news. We live in a free market. You're a free agent. You have the opportunity to go find more work. Wherever you want. However you want to do it. And you can find the work that you love. But I would encourage you to, to make a list of the reasons that you love your work. Because it should make you grateful for what you have. And for what you've been given. And for the blessing of the Lord. If you're following along in the Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, in the full context, is not speaking about our work, our job, what we do for a living, our vocation. But I want to point out something that Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is page 1252 in the Pew Bible. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 10 says this, For we are His workmanship. 
We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, I've been talking about the value of work, but I want you to know that I'm not just talking about your 9 to 5 job. We'll include that, okay? But the work is not just limited to 9 to 5. It, you see, the, 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 the opportunity wasn't just for Adam. We all need something productive to do to live up to our full potential. Human beings are the only part of creation. I was thinking about this. I, I think this is right. Human beings are the only part of creation that will not grow to their fullest potential. They have the choice whether or not they do. If you let a tree grow, it'll, it'll grow as tall as it can. If you, if you have a, a rose bush in your garden, you, you let that thing grow, you don't trim it back, it'll just grow and grow and take over. Human beings have the choice of how far and how much they're going to grow. And, and you and I, to grow, need to find something productive to do. And that's true whether you're going to work, or you're punching in, whether you're uh, hour, hour, paid hourly or paid salary. It's true whether you're just starting work, you just graduated from school, or maybe you, some of you are doing your first job that you've ever done. It's true if you aren't old enough to work. If you're, you know, under 14 years old and you can't go somewhere on a regular basis where they pay you, I hope that your parents make you work. That's a blessing. I mean, I, I talked about a kid being trained up from age 2 to 3 to work, my friend, she was that way. I mean, now her parents, they didn't, you know, go out and put her on the lawnmower, okay? But, but when it was time to pick up her toys, they would say, clean up, clean up, everybody clean up, and just pick up those toys right alongside. And that two or three would, would catch on and go and say, oh, and pick up. And parents were teaching them to work. If you're a stay-at-home mom... Um, you, you know <laughs> the value of work. I always find it funny that um, I, I was, Christy and I were doing something. She, she's a stay-at-home mom, and, and they said, gentleman said, do you work for a living? Now, I knew what he meant. I said, well, she doesn't receive a paycheck, <laughs> But she absolutely, she works harder than I do. There have been days when Christy's been sick and I'm there trying to fill in and I just can't wait to go back to preaching. <laughs> she works hard. If you're a student, if you're a child, uh, even if you're a retiree, some of you, you know, maybe checked out of this sermon. You said, well, I retired years ago. This, this sermon is for everybody else younger than me, but when you reach those golden years, you don't have to work anymore. I hope that's not your attitude. You may be retired, but you're retired, you're not expired. God has work for you to do. Some of the best work that you can do can happen in your quote-unquote non-working years. You have great opportunities to volunteer, to serve at the church. Uh, I was looking over at my friend Pat Buttermore. She does a great great deal of work, and, and she's shaking her head because she's mad at me, didn't want me to call her out, but... She does a lot of good work ministering to 
fellow ladies. And they meet up here for lunch, and she helps organize. And there's lots of other ladies involved with that. I know it's not just Pat, but that's, that's a blessing. She works at that. Uh, uh, Margaret, teaching the ladies' class. You know, uh, Brenda Heller, teaching the ladies' classes, doing, using their talents. They work at that. They work hard at that. The world might say they're retired, but they're still using their gifts for the kingdom. So we all have something that we can do to glorify God in our work. We are, we are God's workmanship. He's prepared work for you and I to do. And he has work for you to do this week. Even if the world says, take day off on Monday. He's still got work for you to do. God created us to work. And because he does, his doing work will always bring blessings. Okay. Uh, Psalm 128. If you're following along in your Bible, I hope that you are. Psalm 128, verse 2. Now, this is speaking of the, the whole psalm is talking about the life of a person who fears the Lord. Okay? If you're a person who fears the Lord and you love Jesus, you should be a great worker. And one of the blessings of your work is this. Psalm 128, we're going to look at verse 2. This is page 662. Psalm 128, verse 2 says, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. I was talking to a, a friend who grew up in agriculture, and he told me the story of being on a combine and bringing in the harvest. And he can very clearly remember on that combine for the harvest, and a harvest that year was particularly plentiful. And he would come to the end of the row, and as he turned, he would say, Thank you, Lord. He gave him the fruit of the labor of his hands. And, and because of that, you'll be blessed. You see, the, the work is such a blessing, and it's a blessing to you. It's going to bless your family. Today, if you have a meal at your home, you should realize that every food piece of uh, food of the meal came by the work of someone's hands. Whether your work blessed you to be able to buy it, or maybe you worked and harvested it from your garden, but it's, it's the blessing of work is the fruit of the labor of your hands. We should be grateful for that. Yeah. Look at this uh, exceptional work ethic. I don't know if you've seen this as uh, some video that was taken outside of, well, you know where it's outside of. Somebody went to the drive-thru and they forgot their order, and this young man was not going to let them leave without the Lord's chicken. <laughs> and so he takes off in a dead sprint across lanes of traffic to bring them. That's a beautiful work ethic. Now think about this for just a second. Who did he bless? Who did he bless because of his work ethic? Well, first, I mean, obviously he blessed the customer who, who paid for something that they weren't going to get. And so yet because he had that second mile attitude, he ran maybe literally almost a second mile to, to deliver that food. So he blessed the customer. Secondly, he blessed the company. And somebody takes a picture of that kid in that red shirt 
They think there's a company that teaches their employees how to work. That's a blessing, and they, that's good PR for the company. Whoever this person was who was in their car and they see this flash of red running across their, their field of vision, they, they pull out their camera to take a video. Because, why? Because they're blessing that person. Wow, what a great work ethic. That's inspiring. Just in watching all of, all of that just now, he blessed all of us. Do you understand that a good work ethic, and that's a silly illustration, but, but a good work ethic blesses more than just you. It blesses your family. It blesses your friends. It blesses God. And if it's done right, it glorifies Him in all that we do. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, the last part of Ephesians, gets to real practical parts of how to live out the Christian life. Ephesians chapter 4 Paul writes, Let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. If you think about all of the characters of the Bible, all of them had a part in the story of God. But they also had work to do. I said Adam was a gardener. David was a... Oh man, we've got to do some Bible teaching. David was a shepherd before he was king. Jesus was a carpenter probably for close to 20 years before he was known as a rabbi. Paul was a... Paul was a tent maker. Now we know him as Paul the Apostle, Jesus the Son of God, David the King. We, we, we understand that. But these men, and, and plenty of women too, who had work to do to glorify God in their work. Paul says... When we work, not only does it bless us, but he says we can do honest work with our own hands so that we may have something to share with those in need. It's in you work, the overflow of that work hopefully gives you abundance and you have the opportunity to share, whether it's leaving something for a simple house, whether it's blessing um, the CR ministry, whether it's doing something for a carpenter place, whether it's putting something extra in the plate for missions, all of those give us opportunity to share with those who are in need. And may I say, the Bible is very clear that if you're a Christian, you should work. First Thessalonians five. Uh, I'm sorry. First Timothy, rather. First Timothy five eight. Paul writes this. Page one thousand two hundred seventy one. First Timothy five eight. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for the members of his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
Now that's very clear. If you're a Christian, you should be working at bare minimum to provide for yourself and for your family. And, and, and by any means necessary, you should do that. Paul says, if you don't do that, you're worse than an unbeliever. The implication is, even people who don't believe in Christ understand you need to work and take care of your family. Okay? It's important that work is not just a blessing to you, but it's also a blessing to others. And you can't bless others without the blessing of work. If you work with excellence, besides just blessing yourself and besides just blessing others, if you work with excellence, I'm convinced you'll be doubly blessed. Uh, Book of Proverbs couple of places here. Proverbs 13 verse 4 says this, the soul of the sluggard, by the way that's your word of the week, sluggard. See how often you can use it. The, the, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. And while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Someone who works must work and work with excellence. And when you do, the Lord says you'll be blessed richly for doing that. This is not health, wealth, prosperity gospel. This is just a Christian work ethic. That when you work and you work with diligence, you'll be a blessing not just to yourself but to others as well. Turn over just a few chapters to Proverbs 22. This is page 696. Proverbs 22 Verse 29, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Some of you know the story of Phil Robertson. Phil Robertson is a member of the Church of Christ, and he's had quite a story in his life. I'm not going to tell it all, but Phil has devoted himself I believe he's still an elder in the church, but he's devoted himself to teaching and preaching the gospel. And he does it online, he does it with his sons, and he's just diligent about that work. And I read stories about him having a conversation with then-President Trump. And he talked to him. And he, he asked the question, do you have sin? And Trump said, oh yeah. And he said, Jesus is your hope, and he's your only hope. And I think about Phil and his diligent work, and he's so skillful at it that he, that he stood with a, a king, president, and shared with him the good news of Jesus. If you do your work with excellence, you'll have the opportunity to stand before kings, to stand before greatness, and I hope that in that moment you'll do what Phil did and continue to glorify God in your work. Work is a blessing. And on the other side of that, not working brings burdens. Not working brings a lot of burdens. The Bible says that it will bring financial ruin. You're back in Proverbs, we're going to Proverbs 24. This is interesting. He says, Proverbs 24, verse 30, page 700. I passed by the field of a, here's the word of the week, sluggard. 
by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. And then I saw it, and I considered it, and I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber, and want like an armed man. A little sleep, a little Netflix, a little folding of the hands to rest. The principle is still true. You can tell a lot about a man's work ethic by the condition of his yard. By looking at the place where he lives and how he keeps, takes care of things that nobody's bossing him around to take care of. You can tell a lot about a man by his work ethic and how he takes care of things. And if he doesn't, that's going to bring a lot of burdens. Proverbs chapter 6 gives us a visual, not just of the burden that we can have when we don't work, but it gives us a positive example of something to look to. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. You say, that sounds a lot like the last verse. Yeah, anytime the Bible says something more than once, it's kind of like your, your parents. And they have to tell you more than once, it's because it's serious. Okay? We need to pay attention. We need to work hard. Now, I didn't just say check in. And today, it's, it's real easy to look like you're working and not be working. Oh, I checked in at, 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 at 7.59. I have to be there at 8 o'clock. I was one minute early. Yeah? Okay. Then what would you do? Well, well, I talked with my coworkers for about 30 minutes, and then I went and used the restroom, and, and uh, then I pulled out my phone, and I, well, they were in a half an hour, and then I finally made my way back to my workstation, and Chit-chatted around a little bit more. Before you know it, it's time to take a break. So I went ahead and took a break. And then I chit-chatted. stayed a little longer on the break than I should have had. And then came back, worked for about half an hour. And then it was lunchtime. Got to have lunch. Poverty will come upon you. You think when it's time for layoffs, your boss not going to notice that? You think when your coworkers try to find you and they can't find you? Like, hmm, what's he doing? Make sure you have integrity in your work ethic. I saw, actually it was my wife who saw a man this week. He was standing, holding a sign, asking for a handout. And you've seen that, I've seen that. She said what was interesting to me was he was standing in front, directly in front of a help wanted sign. Now hear me, I understand sometimes in a moment of Christian compassion and charity, we mean well to give that person a dollar. But when a hundred people pass by and give that same man a dollar, and that man's addicted to alcohol and drugs, you are not helping that man. There are tons, and I mean tons, of resources from the city itself for people who are genuinely in a bad condition. But the very best thing we could help do for that man is to give him a job, 
not only to earn something, but to help him have a little pride in himself and to help him have the understanding of the blessing of work. May we understand that in that moment, giving money doesn't bless him. It burdens him. You may have made his journey take that much longer just so you could ease your conscience. Work is a blessing, not working is a burden. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul's even more direct. He says this. He says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. You see, that may seem harsh, but that was the most compassionate thing the Apostle Paul could have done. You let a man not work, what's going to happen? Well, he'll have some burdens. Eventually, he won't have food to eat. All of a sudden, his stomach will start to grumble. And his brain will start to say, maybe I should go work. Maybe I should do something. Hey, let me tell you right now, (laughs) there are all sorts of people that are hiring. And there's a wonderful blessing, but it only begins when we choose to work. This past week, um, my Jeep has been in the shop. Um, It's still in the shop currently as I speak. So my son's been giving me rides. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. But I got to talking to the guy at the... He said, yeah, we got the part, but it's going to take five days because the supply chains and all that. And he said, but once we get it, it's going to take us a little bit of time to get to it. So I was asking him about that. I said, why is it that you guys, he said, we're out 15 days and we get cars coming in every day. I said, why is that? He said, well, don't have all the answers, but he said, everybody's fixing their cars these days. Why is that? He said, well, if you hadn't noticed, the price of used cars and new cars has gone up, up, up. Why is that? So I don't have all the answers, but over the past year, our leaders have thought it wise to just pour money and pour money and pour money. And nobody's had to work, so now we've had all these dollars chasing very few goods. And so the price of everything goes up. Why was that? Well, because we ordered people to stop working. You see, there are no shortcuts in the natural laws of God. Uh, Man's got to work if he wants to eat. And all of us together, if we're not working, we're going to suffer burdens for that. You don't get something for nothing. (laughs) Whether you don't work or someone tells you not to work, and then they pay you for not working... Somebody's going to have to pay for that. Now there's a labor shortage. There's so many places trying to hire. But my understanding is, correct me if I'm wrong in this understanding, but some people can make more in unemployment than they can by going to get a job. And let me tell you, if you're a Christian, let me just speak pointedly. It is immoral to do that. 
If you are capable of working, I'm not talking about people who are disabled and have problems. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying if you're capable of working, even if the government offers you to not work and pays you to not do so, you need to understand that will bring a burden on you and on your children's children. So if you can work, you should. That's God's will for you. And it will bring a blessing for you to do that. And I know it's hard right now. I don't mean to make light of it. I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity to go to work, the last thing the guy told me was, we, we don't have enough technicians. Even with all this demand, we don't have enough technicians to do the work. We offer to train them. We've tried to hire guys back at significant raises. And they won't come. If you can work, you should. That's God's will for you. And above all these things, may we remember that our work should glorify God in all we do. Christians should have the best attitudes and the strongest work ethic. You should arrive earliest, you should stay latest, and you should work hard while you're there. You should. That's the blessing of God to do that. You should be a second mile worker. Ephesians 6.6 6 says, You should work hard, but not just to please your master when they are watching, but as slaves of Christ, catch this, as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. You see, you thought Tuesday morning you were just punching in a time clock to do your work. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, you are there to do the will of God with all your heart. And if you're a boss, if you own the company, you should be a second mile company. You should have high integrity and you should treat your customers well. You should have a good culture. That's important. But may we, whether we are workers, employers, owners, or wherever we are, may we honor God in our work and may we do so with all our heart. And this is why work matters. He created us to do good work. Our work is a blessing to us and to others and our work should always, always Glorify God no matter what you do. May your work bless Him, and in doing so, it will bless you. The greatest work, of course, that God ever did was the work of redemption through Christ Jesus. And He came from heaven to earth to make that happen. And if you haven't received the blessing of the grace that can be found in Christ Jesus, Jesus Himself said the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom He has sent. So do you believe in him? Do you trust him? Have you obeyed him by putting him on in baptism? If you haven't done that this morning, I'll invite you to do that. We have some of our shepherds will be at the back as we stand and sing this next song. If you'd like to respond and put on Christ, please do so head to the back together as we stand and sing.